I really hope that uh, people are, are are taking just like you said earlier the story she's sharing and and looking at your life and, and being able to determine hey am i in something right now that i've been in for way too long and now i'm just complacent you know or am i running from something too soon just because it's uneasy and it was difficult because i i really like i had breakdown after breakdown i was in a depression i was in a spiral it yeah. was i didn't even know it was a depression like you see this instagram pages that say like typically black women don't really know when they're depressed because our symptoms and our signs are a little bit different because how we have to appear in the world. I had no idea I was a depression. I knew yeah. that I was having mental breakdowns like yeah. consistently every time I was in the office, like I would go to the bathroom and just be crying. Mm. Um, it was a very, very difficult emotionally. But I mean, it taught me everything I needed to know, like every single difficulty. I knew this is what I needed. And it helped me understand what it meant to be a good leader, a bad leader, what it meant to be a good teammate, a bad teammate. And I'm not saying other people, even saying for, my, for myself, like yeah. the mistakes I was making, the mistakes I saw people make, it helped me grow in many different ways. And in that moment, all I could remember, like I would say to myself, you're, it's okay to be grateful and want more at the same exact time. Yo, so we've had a couple guests on where we have talked about cybersecurity. Uh, we've had a couple different cybersecurity engineers from Chris G, which is one of our most popular episodes that y'all love, to Tay on Tech, who he himself is a dope, uh, dope cybersecurity uh, influencer. And we talked about the importance that companies see in having a security engineer to protect their data, uh, protect all of their information from hackers, online pirates, just a variety of different things. But we don't talk about it from the perspective of us as individuals. Everyone's so concerned about the protection of data with these companies, but all of us have our own personal data. We have our address, we have our, our credit cards, we have personal information that, let's be real, probably the most important thing we wanna protect are our children. So our guest today, I'm excited to have her on. She is a huge cybersecurity rock star and is making huge leaps uh, in, in, in other ventures, which we're going to talk about here. Let me go ahead and read off uh, Farida's, uh, her bio. Farida Shahid is an award-winning internet safety expert and Forbes 30 Under 30 honoree. She specializes in helping parents protect their kids online. Her work has been featured in Cisco, CNN, The Wall Street Journal, y'all, NASDAQ, NASA, Fox 25, Fox 46, Fox Carolina, Afrotech, shouts out to Afrotech, Ebony Magazine, okay, Yahoo, uh, NBC4, Worth Magazine, and many more. And Tech is the New Black Now. Uh, I always want to say give a round of applause, but listen, if you listen and you watching whatever, go ahead and still give a round of applause for our amazing guests we're excited to have, Frida Shahid. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. I'm like, yeah. whoa, who's that that you read? I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> that's you, that's you, that's you. Uh, yeah, so I've just kind of a, a bit of a, a backstory for like when I saw you online, I loved and love your brand so much because yeah, to, to the point that I said earlier, I was like, yo, it's, it's a lot of people out here that are talking about, you know, talking about cybersecurity, online security, but they're usually talking about it from a company perspective. They're talking about it from just the day to day in the job, which is cool. That's important. We know people want to know about that, but you we're speaking on it and are speaking on it from an angle that actually protects us as individuals. So it's not even just about big companies, but it's like, yo, us, like the, the most valuable asset are people that are here on the earth. So I love that so much. Just wanted to kind of just really quickly give you your flowers and say, yo, I really love what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. I love it too. Yeah. Absolutely love it. It's a life's mission. So I'll do this forever. 
Okay. All right. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna watch and tune in forever. All right. So let's jump into. Let's go ahead and get into it. So you're a cybersecurity superstar, but you come from very small beginnings, growing up in Saudi Arabia. Uh, so what was that like, and how did your upbringing lead you to success uh, as a security engineer? So I moved to Saudi Arabia at seven years old. My dad got a tech job. He was working like for the U.S. government. So we lived in this like military compound for the first couple of years. And I went to an international school for the first, I think for the first year maybe, or eight months. And then I transferred to all Arabic school. So I ended up learning Arabic. I knew Arabic, English, and French, because everyone knows French, at least in the, which section? Everyone, most people know French there. Yeah. Uh, if you went to those type of schools where you had to learn, similar to Spanish. Spanish is the new French. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or French is the new Spanish. So it really helped me because I understood different cultures, different backgrounds, different yeah. people, very accepting of people, very mm -hmm. accepting of people's different viewpoints. So in tech, you're always working with different backgrounds and you're always having to relay information in different ways so that everyone understands it in a way that makes sense to them. Mm -hmm. And so when you have language barriers, you have to do the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. So translating from Arabic to English or French to English to that, it was a lot. Yeah. But when you go into tech, you have to translate tech Techies, we have legalese, but was like techies. West Tech. <laughs> well, like techies. I've never actually ever heard that techie. That is true. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like techies to like to English. So yeah. it was very similar, and that's it. Honestly, helped me in so many different ways. I really love being what they call a third culture child. Yeah, it just means a child that grew up in a culture that's different than their parents. Wow, that's actually and that that makes so much sense because. Especially you being so young, because I, I don't think I really was able to branch out and be around other people who weren't like myself and never even to the degree that it was for you uh, until I was an adult. And I saw how much that opened my mind up to understand other people, other ways of thinking. And it allows you to have a certain level of empathy and a certain level of just emotional uh uh, EQ mm -hmm. and uh, so I, but I could imagine and even see like how that's benefited you with you being so young and knowing three languages that's crazy now do I know three languages now no I only know Arabic and English okay. we're working on Spanish um, because that's my back my grandmother's Panamanian yeah. so I feel like it's my birthright to know Spanish um, and then I would love to learn some other language we'll see what it's gonna be yeah, yeah. okay man that makes so much sense that's fire uh, so so tech companies, they hire cybersecurity engineers, we talked about before, to protect their data. Uh, but how does your business help parents protect their children online? And what are some of the use cases for those services? So I got into my business because I grew up as a gamer. So in Saudi Arabia, I started yeah. gaming at like 13 years old. I would do the pay to win games online. <laughs> pay to win? I I'm not even gonna lie, I don't know what that is. What is that? So it's basically games that are free, but if you yeah. really wanna get into the game, you actually wanna win games, they force you to pay something in order to win. It's like those mobile games that don't mean much. Yeah. And so I didn't get into like what you call like hardcore gaming until yeah. I was like, I don't know, 16 or something. But I grew up as a gamer. When I came back to the States, I just I love people, I love cultures, I love languages. Mm -hmm. And so that allowed me to de develop the skills that people really wanted, that mm -hmm. they didn't know they they didn't know they needed, but they when they met me when I talked about my background, they were like, "Oh, well, can you just do training? Can you talk about gaming? Can you talk about social media? You grew up in the online world." And so the reason why I got to individuals versus just companies because individuals are they're really interesting. Like mm -hmm. the psychology of people. Like when you're young, 
and you're around like every culture imaginable because international schools international schools yeah. like i had everyone from name a country and i had someone in my class That's there crazy. so when i got into tech i was like people matter the most mm-hmm. so when i'm talking to individuals it's just so interesting yeah and so now i just really forgot the question you asked but you just like sparked that no, so that's, that's why cool. I, that's why i focus on individuals yeah and even when i was working in corporate and we had like internal clients, my main focus was how do we help the people understand security? Because yeah. the people are what matters. Like we have all this tech and the tech is amazing, but mm-hmm. people have to create tech, people have to use tech. Yeah. And so how do we talk to people in a way that's empathetic Yeah. and that is kind and that is effective? That is cool. Man, that is an ex- interesting experience for you to be, like you mentioned around all of these different cultures because Man, I mean, even aside from languages, like people's version of humor is different from one culture to another versus what's offensive. Uh, I mean, just a variety of things. So, wow, just like how that experience can shape you. And that's that's tough navigating that because it's like, man, you could be talking to one person. And again, using that humor example, you they could have a version of humor that's normal in their culture then immediately turn and talk to another person. And it's entirely different. And so for y'all to for you to have been in like that that interesting melting pot, that's like a very interesting thing to navigate. But you said something in the midst of that where you talked about under like tech, like I guess in a degree, I'm gonna paraphrase, but kind of in a degree, understanding different people. Like I guess what does that look like? Like what harm is there when either tech companies or software in and of itself doesn't understand certain cultures or maybe excludes considering certain cultures with their 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 program their data whatever i love that question actually that's a great question i say what i see a lot in tech which is what pushed me to work with individuals versus just companies Mm -hmm. is and when i say work i still work with companies but the focus is on parents and kids and individuals versus it like being business to business yeah and what spark that was when I was working in tech, when people talk to people, they talk, when we're talking to people who are in tech, there's a certain language that we use. Yeah. But when you're in a room with people who don't understand technology, mm-hmm. it's not that they, they're they dumb or stupid, it's that they just don't understand technology. Yeah. So it's, it's so, but there's this concept or this idea in tech that if you don't understand exactly what I'm saying, then you must be dumb. Yeah, that's true. And I'm like, okay, so we're very we're very smart individuals, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know rocket science? Oh, no, I don't. No, exactly. I don't know rocket science, but mm-hmm. does it make me any less of an intelligent human being that I don't yeah. know rocket science? So a lot of people in tech, and I know a lot of you watching, know that they'll make you feel dumb and stupid because you don't understand the concept they're talking about. Yeah. And tech is a huge umbrella. Like, what, yeah. what we're talking about AI, we're talking about machine learning, we're yeah. talking about cybersecurity, we're talking yeah. about programming. Like, what are we talking about? architecture yeah, we can use the same acronyms in tech but depending on what sector of tech you're talking about that acronym means something entirely different. exactly and so yeah. we have this like haughty culture in tech of like i know it and you don't know and whatever yeah. especially with non-tech savvy people so when i was working in departments and we were working to help people understand cybersecurity, don't click on this link in an email the fraud and scams they typically would say humans are the weakest link. Humans are dumb. Humans are stupid. Mm. And I'm like, how can you walk in a room and tell someone, hey, you're dumb, but we're yeah. going to need you to be like a little smart today and not do this X, Y, and Z. 
And the reason why it triggered me was because it reminded me of my experiences in the Middle East, being mm-hmm. the only black child in the room, yeah. um, being talked to like I was dumb and stupid, mm-hmm. being told that I was dumb and stupid. And I'm like, I just got off of the plane. I don't I don't understand this language. So like, give me a second. Yeah. I, I learned it in two to three weeks. I was fluent. I was good. Mm-hmm. But that two to three weeks, it was really difficult. That's tough. And so everything that happens in your childhood follows you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And so for me, in order to find my passion, I had to look back at my past and what aggravated me, what made me passionate, what made me like stare in awe. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that it really upset me when I was outed, when I was not, I was othered, I was put down, I was dumb and stupid. So when that happened in tech, I was like, oh, no, 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 that's not happening around me. And I wanted to create an environment for people who are non-tech savvy to learn tech in, in a way that protects themselves, mm-hmm. in a way that's fun and engaging. Yeah, that's yeah. super cool. Yeah, we were talking uh, We were talking offline before we started recording about um, an event that you're going to do later this year. Uh, and we can, uh, I mean, we, shoot, I mean, I just brought it up, so I guess we could talk about it. We can it talk right about now. it, yeah. So this wasn't initially <laughs> in the agenda, but we'll uh, definitely jump into that. So yeah, so you're doing an event later on this year, very creative concept. Can you yeah. go ahead and uh, talk about it? Yes, absolutely. So the event is for parents to learn about protecting their kids online. And I want to make sure the event is engaging. And I know parents really want their teens to understand tech and safety and that because their teens are like, let's say on Roblox or on Fortnite or on Call of Duty or on TikTok, Instagram, whatever it is. Minecraft is a huge one. And so, right. And they're on Twitch and they're like watching these streamers. And so there's a lot of focus on like, how do we protect kids online? But how do Mm -hmm. we make it fun? So my idea is to bring TikTok individuals, mm-hmm. people who are like on Instagram. It's interesting because we don't say Instagrammers. We say TikTokers and YouTubers and streamers. Yeah, maybe we just say social media influencers. Yeah, yeah but, but we, for whatever reason, we never say Instagrammers. Yeah, I thought no it was Instagrammers. Inter- no like it doesn't roll off the tongue as well. No. Instagrammers. It's like Instagrammers. But anyways, yeah. IG-er. IGers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't fit. But basically, people who are on social media that the kids know, and that I know some of them, not all of them, um, to bring them to the conference to learn about social media, to learn about tech, to learn about gaming, mm-hmm. and then also to like sneak in a little safety. It's kind of like putting yeah. a little spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Yeah. So they're the sugar, and then where medicine is like safety and security. <laughs> not a, I'm not gonna be able to get that song out of my head. The whole the spoonful of yeah, the spoonful of sugar, <laughs> sugar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's basically the entire like that's one side of the conference, and the other side yeah. is bringing experts in holistic healing, childhood mm. under like childhood wound healing, yeah. um, parenting, understanding conscious parenting, how to talk to your kids, how to have difficult conversations, yeah. how to talk about sex with your kids, how to talk about gaming and all that. Oh, like cool. how do we bring families together so that you can protect your kids online because tech especially when it comes to individual and families it's not about tech Mm. tech is about human beings tech is about your brain tech is about your heart and soul we're talking about someone continuously clicking on a link what's going on in their environment Mm -hmm. that allows that to happen yeah. They're not just clicking on a link because they want to click on a link. Yeah. They may be stressed. They might be overworked. Something may happen. They may, if they miss an email, their boss is going to be on them. Mm-hmm. So they want to make sure that every email is open. So like what's going on in their environment that allows that type of behavior to continue? Mm-hmm. It's not about they're dumb or they're stupid. It's just what's going on. So if a child is online and they're continuously talking to strangers and they're sending nude pictures to random people and, in, and you're trying to get them to understand it's not that oh they're a bad child or whatever they're just a human being we all love love connection attention entertainment joy so how do we connect with people in a way to show them what is your ultimate goal 
What do you really want to do? Does this fit into what you want to do? If it does, then how do we make this fit? So you love talking to people online, which I used to do that, by the way. I was love talking to people online oh yeah you're like one of the people that had like an online <laughs> mm-hmm. community that you were talking oh to yeah because i would play games with like we would do raids and you have like 45 people in a a, a call we didn't use discord we use Teamspeak then shout out to Teamspeak. um and we, i'd be in a call with like 45 guys and we would just do be raiding and we'd be like on the call for like six hours straight raiding like playing games mm-hmm. and stuff? like you do dungeon runs you do all the type of it was it was i was so much fun i love it i could talk about this for hours i love that's gaming so cool. <laughs> that is so dope I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so, you know it's funny you uh you're the maybe maybe tay was the same way because tay was uh someone who was in cybersecurity. but the first guest who we had who used to work in uh as a security engineer we actually didn't talk much during that interview about security like security engineer but he was talking about how his kind of start was in gaming as well. I think I think I'm starting to notice a bit of a correlation behind gamers and like like tech and stuff. Yeah, my first keynote speech, actually my introduction to the cybersecurity world was through gaming. Yeah. So I was talking to my mentor of mine, um, Dr. Jessica Barker, she's amazing. And if anyone's interested, if you're watching this and you're interested in cybersecurity, you're interested in the correlation between human behavior and cybersecurity, I highly suggest that you look up Dr. Jessica Barker. She's amazing. Um, I don't know if she's going to do mentorships, but I got lucky, okay, like five years ago. Um, But she, we're having a, a, we were talking over dinner and I told her how gaming correlates so well with cybersecurity. Hmm. And I learned almost everything I needed to know about cybersecurity through gaming. And she was like, oh, well, we should do an article. I'm like, no, I'm not doing an article about that. She's like, no, 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 I know someone who runs a magazine called Info Security Magazine. I want you to do an article. So if you look up how um, League of Legends can help us protect people online, it was like League of Legends of Cybersecurity, I can't remember the name. But if you type in Frida Shahid League of Legends, it will come up, it's like a two part article that I created. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was basically everything I learned from League of Legends, which is a massive online battlefield arena game. Um, it's And everything I learned, I put it in this article and I connected to cybersecurity. And then someone who runs a cybersecurity conference reached out to me because I posted on Twitter, which by the way, Twitter is amazing for tech and jobs. And oh yeah, I've, I'm not on Twitter, but I've I've heard that it's I still recommend it to people even though I'm not on Twitter but I recommend it for the tech community because I know it's like the tech community is huge, huge on Twitter huge so if you're trying to get in tech you're trying to like network with people I would highly suggest Twitter yeah. almost all of my first big connections were Twitter um, and LinkedIn is a huge one now as well yeah yeah so LinkedIn and Twitter is like the first ones but mm-hmm. they reached out to me because they saw my article and they said can you keynote a freaking conference for cybersecurity on your thing so my that was my, from your article mm-hmm. was this like your first like, Keynote. My first keynote, my first article. I was just in cyber. I was in college then, and so I would. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a job or anything. Yet. Actually, no. I think by then I had a job. No, no, no. By then it was like a year into the job. But when I wrote the article, I was in like the end of my internship, mm-hmm. and so I had no real That's experience. Crazy. But because I took something unique from my background that yeah. no one was talking about, they were like, "Oh, this girl is like amazing." So mm-hmm. I got a big like rocket ship into cybersecurity, and a lot of eyes on me and my career mm-hmm. because of that. And so when I did the keynote speech, they were like, "It was one of the best keynote speeches they've ever had in their conference," yeah. and people loved it. And they're at the edge of their seats, and they were like, "Oh my god, that's great!" Yeah. Um, so now, if you don't look it up on YouTube, yeah. but if you look <laughs> it up on YouTube, I think it's good. I don't know you when you think about. 
about your own stuff, you're like, it was fine. It was okay. It was like, no, that yeah, was great. I'm the bad. same way. <laughs> I, I've been doing speaking stuff for years. And in my head, I feel like I'm very mid or sometimes I feel like I'm trash. The only reason I've continued doing stuff is people would tell me I've done good. And I'm like, you're like okay. Y'all keep saying so. <laughs> I'm like, well. if y'all gonna farm me out or pay me, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'll show up and do it. <laughs> right, then. like don't actually don't look too close, but yeah. okay. But no, but to that point though, when it comes to you, I definitely, even though I haven't seen the keynote spe- speech, I'm very confident that you crushed Thank it. You. I mean, because your your energy, your body language, and uh, for those of y'all who are listening and not watching, so that way that'll be a, a chance for y'all to uh, watch instead of just listen. But yeah, your body language, but then also your knowledge and then your ability to convey like information. Again, I guess all that goes back to your background of you being around different people and having to learn how to navigate communicate, communicating different things to people of different walks of life. So it's, it's so beautiful how all of that has played into just, I mean, just your career now and just all the super dope stuff that you're doing is helping people. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would say even my parents because my dad was in tech. He's like a network mm-hmm. engineer. And then my mom's a teacher, writer, speaker, author. So I literally just combined those two and then all my passions. I love psychology, human behavior, language, Mm -hmm. healing, inner child wound, shadow heal, all the shadow work, woo stuff. I'm into it. Yes. And that, that's funny. It's like you're, you're what parents hope. They're like, yeah, I'm going to like, let's let's marry each other. <laughs> yes. And if we can take like me and take you yes. and then create. But it's like nine times out of ten, that usually doesn't happen, except right. for like in your well, case. Look, I'm an only child. So they they had one chance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I got messed up, they're like, well, oh, there's like, no I one die. else there. That's funny. Guess that. Hey, y'all, we have some incredible, incredible news that I'm super excited about to finally announce our private tech community. Yes. Yes. You heard that right a private tech community exclusively for you all who want more than just the podcast, you want more than just the FAQs, you wanna talk with tech recruiters, you wanna talk with with hiring managers, you wanna talk with coaches, you wanna talk with people that can help with editing and rewriting your resume. Maybe you're somebody where you just wanna be a part of a community where we're talking about updates of what's happening in the software industry. Y'all, this community that we've launched is also going to involve a Discord where we're gonna be talking about updates in tech, we're gonna be talking about companies that are hiring. We're going to be talking about upcoming tech events. So that way you don't have to miss any of the gems that I know, but not even just what I know, but the gems that friends of mine that are also in the tech industry know as well. So if you want to be a part of that community, go ahead and sign up. So that way you can join us. We have a few different tiers. Ultimately, it's all tuned in for you. Oh, and last thing, also within this community, we're going to be streaming all of our interviews with our podcast guests. So instead of you having to wait months to watch the videos later on, you will actually be able to watch the interviews in real time and ask your live questions to those guests. So make sure you join our tech community. All right. So that was how you started within the keynote speech. That's, that's so interesting that your your speaking and uh, and career in tech basically started like hand in hand at the same time. Yes. What was, man, what was that like? I guess, because cause I guess then it became kind of maybe a weird thing where it's like, okay, well, if you're constantly getting booked, it's like almost this pressure, I'm assuming, that there's also this pressure of, okay, I have to kill it in this industry because I can't be, you know, in articles and doing these speaking engagements, but it's like I myself am not really, you know, doing well at my job or actually like, you know, really, you know, putting my best foot forward in this industry. So what was that like for you? One, kind of navigating both of those things uh, simultaneously. 
but two, continuing on, what has your experience been like uh, as a cybersecurity engineer? Who? So and that was that was a mouthful of a yeah. question. A mouthful Honestly, of a I question. will say I didn't feel a lot of pressure oh, for yeah? whatever reason. I don't know why. Because mm-hmm. well, I still don't feel pressure. I have the most. You would think I would have a lot of pressure right now, but I don't mm-hmm. because. I don't know why I don't have pressure. I'm not even getting to why. I don't. I just don't know why I don't have pressure. But I have other things. I had a lot of imposter syndrome. Yeah. But I try not to talk about it too much because I feel like the more you, the more you give room for something, the more it expands. Yes. And I don't give room for imposter syndrome. Yeah. So I don't even want to talk about it, but I will talk about it because it's true and it will happen. Mm-hmm. But in this point in my life, there's no room. I don't have imposter syndrome. You know, I actually. Want, I would love it if you could like expound on that statement that you made. I love that statement, but I want to like double back and be like, no, like I want you to unpack that because I really think that's valuable. No matter what someone's doing, uh, people who are watching, listening, it's like I think that's valuable for people to understand that statement that you just made about giving. I'm gonna paraphrase, basically giving attention to it and, and causing it to expand in your life. I believe that. It's good if you're feeling a certain type of way. So let's just say back in 2018, I was feeling a lot of imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. So me feeling it wasn't giving it room, wasn't giving it space. I was allowing myself to go through the emotions and the emotions of it. But I didn't need to name it. I didn't need to talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to say I had it because then I'm in, I'm putting my subconscious mind that I am an imposter. Because all my brain hears is imposter, 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 imposter. But if I feel like an imposter and I go, okay, that's okay. We all feel that way. Yeah, I feel that way, but I that's not something that that I I have. It's just something I'm feeling. Exactly. Thank you. So it's it's, it's similar to saying I'm an idiot versus I was being an idiot. Yeah. So you're saying I'm an idiot. You're labeling yourself. But you said if I was being an idiot, I can change who I was being. Yeah. But people don't feel like, yes, technically speaking, you can change who you are, whatever. I'm not going to do that. But the way that our brain hears it, understands it, is saying, okay, then that means that I'm an idiot. And I don't Mm want to say it again because my brain's like, what the hell is happening? Um, But in that moment, I was feeling those feelings. And Mm -hmm. that was okay. And I let myself go through that. But I didn't want to name it because I felt like if I named it, then I was claiming it. Yeah. And I didn't want to claim it. So I was okay in that moment to go, I feel this type of way and I don't know how to get over this feeling. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to other people and saying, like, what do you see in me? Why did you book me? What's happening? Talking to my mentors, talking to people who loved me. Like, you had to, I had to think about it. I wasn't really, I was supposed to be journaling, but I was not journaling. So whatever. But you, you should journal. But was I journaling? No. But um, you absolutely should journal about it. But I mean, clearly I got out of it without journaling about it. So I think I was fine. I don't know. Um, but so... I wouldn't say right now that I have it, but I do that there are moments where you feel like what is happening, but I decide to call it like you're in awe of something. You're in awe of the movement you're making. Mm -hmm. You're in awe of the changes that are happening because my life is changing every couple days, every week, every two, the, the, the way that it's pacing up. I'm just like, what's happening? It's like Like, accelerating. mm -hmm, The way my life looked like three months ago is not the same now and the way my life will look like another three months will not be the same now it's going to keep evolving yeah yeah i love that that's fire you said so much so many different nuggets uh and and i love that i love to have moments where because obviously the whole focus tech is new black we're talking um our whole thing is you know talking about you know breaking into tech scaling in tech and starting your own uh, tech business and uh, we're going to talk in a moment a little bit more about uh, your business uh, but I love to have moments where it's like, hey, let's sidestep just the focus, just specifically talking about tech industry and talk about just something in general that can impact people no matter what it is that they're doing. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that. And I know that'll be uh, impactful, uh, impactful for people. Thank you. So 
how did you leverage your career in cybersecurity for your business? You know, and so because I mean, again, a lot of people, again, we, we talk about st- scaling in tech and starting your own tech business, and many people are fine, and it's it's cool. Like, no one needs to feel pressure to start a business. No, but many people are trying to figure out. Okay, hey, yeah, I want to work in tech, but I also feel called to start a business at some point. Uh, I guess what would your advice, I guess one, how you did it, but two, advice as to how someone can consider doing that, like leveraging their career in tech for a business? I would just tell my story and then I'll let anyone else see if there's something from the story that will work. That's perfect. And then if you think there's a nugget, I'll like, because everyone's, like you said in the beginning, everyone's story is different. Not Mm -hmm. people, not everyone wants to start a business. You don't know when you should start a business. So the way it happened for me was I was in this program, it was called Year Up. Mm -hmm. And Year Up was this great program that allows people to have six months of like, um, they call it, I think it was like learn and study about the industry you wanna be in. Kind of like the apprenticeship type thing where you get into a program where they give you all the skills. I had like two years experience in cybersecurity before I joined the program, um, and a couple of us did. So we really used the program to hone our other skills, like our soft skills, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they they put you into an internship for the next six months. And I love that program because it allowed me to break into tech without having all of the experience. Because in the beginning, I really wanted a cybersecurity job, but they were like, we well, need experience. And I'm like, well, I need the job the for to the get experience. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> So I was searching on Indeed for a job in cybersecurity and I couldn't find anything and I got that ad. So went to the programs, got the first six months. I really cared about the last six months. I didn't really, this first six months I was like, I guess, I wanted to get out of the first six months because I was like, I took all these classes, I don't need these classes, but whatever. It's actually good to take something over again because mm-hmm. different professors, different programs, different teachers, it humbles you, it makes you th- see things from a different perspective. Yeah. So I'm very happy I did that. Um, then I got an internship at a financial firm and I love the internship. It was like my dream job. Mm-hmm. And they hired me and I was like, oh my God, it's over the moon. Yeah. And I loved it. And it was really great for the first uh, eight months, <laughs> maybe 10 months. What, what happened after that? You know, like there's different changes in teams, changes in uh, people yeah. you're working with. Like who you're working with the first six months is different than working with the next six months. And people move jobs. And so it, especially when you're in, because I was in the cybersecurity awareness team and threat intelligence team. Mm-hmm. And so you're working with different people. And so your experiences are really just the people you're working with. And so new people came in and my experience was (laughs) 180. And that was when I started my business. I was like, okay, maybe. Maybe and I and I I had to get um, permission from the ethics board to have my business and I was scared. Wow. Oh yeah, I guess you're in security. So yeah, you doing okay. That yeah, makes sense. I had to get permission and I was like I was praying that they would accept it because I didn't want to have to do something, uh, you know, below what is it like under the radar. Yeah. Because I knew for whatever reason in my soul I knew this is gonna be big. Yeah. I didn't know how big it was gonna be, but I was like, there's no way this is gonna fly under the radar. Like no it, it's way. It's a lot of people in this industry that are doing stuff under the radar where it's like. Like if you get caught, I know, and it's I didn't want that. I didn't want to be like, I just did. I just didn't want that. I really wanted to be able to be out in the open with my business. Now I never talked about it at work ever. Like I never Mm. talked about work. People found out. I mean, you know, they're on LinkedIn, and you have to do things and stuff happens. But um, so yeah, I started my business because of that because I realized. I, there was no room for me to be creative. I couldn't grow, I couldn't do anything. Yeah. I was literally stagnant. It was literally like, 
you know, you think you're in this beautiful garden when I first came in and I had everywhere to go and everywhere to do and everywhere to see. And all of a sudden it's like cage. Yeah. And then I said, oh, and the wings clipped. Mm. And then I was like, oh, this is an amazing opportunity and I love this and I don't want to leave. So mm. I didn't leave. I stayed there for five years. But I had, but I used every opportunity in that position to learn as much as possible so that I could become the best person I could be. That's so incredible. Uh, we um, we had a, a podcast in a Sky event back in uh, December, and one of the guests, uh, Cortez, was sharing. He, he was talking about specifically there have been times where he's worked at tech companies where he realized that he was a token. And he said, he said, I didn't, he said, he said, token me. He said, let me be a token. Yes. <laughs> and he said, because he said the same way you're using me, he said, I'm going to use this opportunity to absorb as much information as I can, get as much experience as I can, do everything that I can. And obviously you're not talking about a token thing. You, you know, at least for the first eight to 10 months, you were at a place where, you know, you felt very, very good, very welcomed, um, but still the same concept of instead of you immediately running you said, well, no, there's still things for me to gain here and I'm going to still like leverage. And so, but I, but I, I love the, the parallel because it's like there are two sides of it. Like on one end, you you felt this pressure, you felt this unease. And some people go to the extreme where as soon as they feel unease, they're like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. But then there are other people at the other extreme where they will stay in something forever and I love the fact that you uh, that you essentially kind of avoided both, but did both at the same time. Where on one end, you're like, okay, I feel unease, but I'm not going to run from this right away. I'm going to still absorb what I can, but at the same time, also create some type of, you know, exit strategy in oh, a way. Yeah. And so I love that, <laughs> that, that balance of just the way that, yeah, just the way, honestly, just the way you've moved and things, I think it's really dope. And I, I really hope that uh, people are, are, are taking, just like you said earlier, the story she's sharing and, and looking at your life and, and being able to determine, Hey, am I in something right now that I've been in for way too long and now I'm just complacent, you know? Or am I running from something too soon just because it's uneasy? And it was difficult because I, I really, like, I had breakdown after breakdown. I was in a depression. I was in a spiral. It yeah. was, I didn't even know I was in depression. Like, you see this Instagram pages that say, like, typically black women don't really know when they're depressed because our symptoms and our signs are a little bit different because mm -hmm. how we have to appear in the world. I had no idea I was a depression. I knew yeah. that I was having mental breakdowns like yeah. consistently. Every time I was in the office, like I would go to the bathroom and just be crying. Mm -hmm. um, it was a very, very difficult emotionally. But I mean, it taught me everything I needed to know. Like every single difficulty, I knew this is what I needed. Mm -hmm. And it helped me understand what it meant to be a good leader, a bad leader, what it meant to be a good teammate, a bad teammate. And I'm not saying other people, even saying for, my, for myself, like yeah. the mistakes I was making, the mistakes I saw people make, it helped me grow in many different ways. And in that moment, all I could remember, like I would say to myself, You're, it's okay to be grateful and want more at the same exact time. Mm -hmm. I was so grateful for the opportunity, but to be honest, I'll be really real, I wasn't grateful in my heart. Mm. I, I had to say it in my head. Because yeah. every time, well, I was grateful in my heart when the paycheck came. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> oh yeah. The first of the month and the 15th of the month, I was like, 
thank God. You're like, you know what? This He's is like, yeah, I love okay. y'all. <laughs> this is great. But like the rest of the month, I was like, it. I was like, you know, you're so grateful you're able to pay that bill. That was really great. Yeah. But in my heart, I didn't feel it. And I knew, and I was so right. And I, I'm like, because I'm in awe because I left like three months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, is that I knew in my heart I would never be able to leave this job until I was grateful in my heart. Yeah. Until I could feel it in my soul that mm-hmm. I was grateful. And um, this was in July or August of last year. Mm-hmm. I just looked around, I was in the office, I was working from home too, so I had, it was like a hybrid yeah. environment. And it was not a lot of people in the office, and it was like a Friday. And I just sat there, and I just started crying of gratefulness. Ooh, and I could probably beautiful. cry right now. Yeah. And I was like, thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah. Because without this job, without this nine to five, without the people that I was around, I could never do what I'm doing today in this yeah. way. I could have never found my passion. The people that I met, the support that I got, yeah. like I knew it. And I, in that moment, I was like, this is your last year. Yeah. Wow. But did I know how was my last year? No. When I looked at my bank account, was it my last year? No. <laughs> the bank account was like, girl, you gotta stay another 10 years. <laughs> but in my soul, I knew. I was like, no matter what, I know this is my last year. I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. But I know my life is about to change in ways that's unimaginable, and it has. And I was like, this is the moment that I can leave. But I wasn't happy I was leaving. Yeah. I was just really, really in a beautiful, grateful state. And that's when I knew. Because I never held that state. I was, for two and a half years, I mentally said I was grateful, but I never felt it. And that was the final year, and mm. then I knew it. I was like, that's it, then you're gone. It was, that was your test. You passed the test. You're good to go. It's wow. the next one. <laughs> that's powerful going back to you what you were saying earlier how you're, you're so big into human psychology it just just i feel like most of the decisions specifically the the decisions that, that you shared here things you've done i feel like most of them are so counterculture culture cultural counterculture yeah. I, I feel like they're unorthodox mm-hmm. yes yeah and but but they're it's like man i wish more people thought this way because literally everything you're saying like even you saying like oh once you were at a place of gratefulness again many people would say oh i'm at a place of gratefulness i've arrived okay cool i'm good i'm like can you cry and it for me and everyone's different i'm a crier like i'm a cry baby i'm a cancer i'll cry like say something i'll cry but i i couldn't cry when i was great i was like i couldn't cry about it but Mm. i knew if if i talked about the job at any given moment i could cry and i was like Mm. there it is because you're beautiful. feeling it. Like yeah. I could feel it. My entire body was feeling the gratefulness. Yeah. Like I could just flow in the gratefulness. I don't know how That's to explain why. it. And that was the year I started meditating a lot more. Yeah. That was the year I worked on my inner childhood wounds. Mm-hmm. That's the year I did a lot of different types of therapy. We don't want to talk about it here, but it's RTT therapy. I love mm-hmm. that type of therapy. Um, I read books like um, I Am Enough by Mercer Peer. You Are the Placebo mm-hmm. by Dr. Joe Dispenza. I'm about to read The Subconscious Mind. Those type of things. That is when I was like, Oh, we have arrived. Yeah. <laughs> Not to say that I'm like better than whatever, but arrived yeah. in like me. Yeah, like I'm you. feeling. Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, okay, this is the moment. Like we're yeah. good. We're floating. That's dope. Yo, so cybersecurity is one of the most, if not the most, in demand roles in tech. It's really incredible, high paying career, as well as a type of career that companies do not let go of those that are in cybersecurity because they desperately need those that are in that role. Now, listen, y'all. A lot of y'all been asking us for months, yo, what's the best cybersecurity boot camp? Should we do this one? Should we do that one? Listen, there are a lot of good ones that are out there, but 
The one that's been recommended to us the most that we've discovered is Baxter Cluis's Cybersecurity Bootcamp. Now, y'all, it's really incredible because his program, compared to most other bootcamps that are out there, cybersecurity, they are $20,000, $25,000. He has a self-paced program, y'all, that is only $997. And this isn't something that I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just saying I believe it's great. I actually found out about it because I know someone who did the program and they were ranting and raving about how incredible it was. And that's why I had to connect with Baxter Cluis and ask them, hey, can you help our audience out with a discount? And so they're partnering with us to offer y'all a $100 discount. So that way, not only do you not have to pay the $20,000, $30,000, you can get $100 off that $997 price tag they already had. So look, use that discount if you wanna do cybersecurity, which we think it's a dope industry, pays a lot. You wanna do that, make sure you use our discount so that way you can save yourself 100 bucks and we'll see you in tech. So I wanna pull back really quickly so we can kinda, kinda jump forward. So you had mentioned that it sounds like there were two different either teams or departments that you had worked in. Uh, what were those, you, you would like say like two different titles? Cybersecurity awareness, mm -hmm. which is just a lot like teaching people tech, training, articles, mm -hmm. and then threat intelligence, which is like briefing, understanding what's happening in the world, mm -hmm. um, who the threat actors are, what are they doing, who are they connected with, what's going on, so yeah. yeah. Can you, because uh, one of the things I know our audience is gonna ask they're going to be in the comments saying, hey, we, we wanted to hear a little bit more about some of the experiences. And, and I wanted to tie this into like what it is uh, that you're that you're doing now with your business. But uh, I guess like what are some and, and we can literally you can talk about it either from your experience working, um, working a nine to five or like with your 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 tech service based business now. Like, what are some examples of things you've seen with either companies or individuals being hacked or information being leaked or different threats that, let's be real, threats that, that our audience should look out for and be aware of? All of it's going back to how we operate and our daily habits mm -hmm. and the way that we think about tech and just really our habits. So it's like if you're logging on to something, are you mindful about where you're going, mm -hmm. the passwords you're putting in, are you using the same passwords? Are you being mindful of like what I got an email, whose email from, what's the ascent of the email, why would they want to email me this? I almost lost big, big contracts and personally my business because I thought mm -hmm. it was a scam. Because it was a, it was a huge company. I was like, there's no way this big, I don't know, I have to look at my NDA if I can start talking about them. I don't know if I can. I think I probably could talk about them in a year or so. Yeah. But it was like a huge company that everyone knows, like every baby would know, anybody. And I was like, oh, there's no way I'm getting a contract with them. And I would immediately sit in your head, your train and security, does is that does it sound too good to be true? Mm -hmm. Which I don't like that line. I have used it before I'm trying to stop. Um, is it like, why would you get that email? Why would someone say that is a huge contract? Why would they email it to you? So you have to have those like thought processes in your brain when you're mm -hmm. doing daily activities. And that's one, that was one of the things that I did incorporate is like teaching people that we did the trainings, we had automated trainings, you just have to update them, articles, um, this October is like cybersecurity awareness month, so a lot of activities around there, presentations. I love, honestly, my job itself, I loved it. Yeah. I, I would have stayed there for 10 to 15 years had I had the, the runway, but I'm just happy I didn't because, mm. Mm. Universe new. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so what is the, I guess, your dream for the future of your business? I mean, obviously, you have this amazing event that's coming up uh, this year in, in October. Um, and 
looking forward to like seeing that and seeing like how that turns out. Uh, but outside of that, when it comes to like what other either services or things are you looking to provide in the future? Oh, my full focus for the rest of my life is helping parents keep their kids safe online. Because yeah. I joined the online world at 13, like I said in the beginning, all mm -hmm. gaming, social. No, I wasn't on social. I didn't care about social media. I was like, what the hell am I going to do on social media? Like, but now I like social media, by the way. Okay, thank you for following me. Um, <laughs> but it was, so everything is going to be on how do we holistically help parents protect their kids online yeah. while, while focusing on strengthening parent-child relationships as a way to protect them online. And then that also helps individuals protect themselves. So mm -hmm. how do we gain enough confidence, enough understanding, enough um, room to grow, to allow ourselves to understand what security and safety means in our daily lives? Mm -hmm. So everything that I'm doing, so I have a lot of contracts, workshops, um, events. I do a lot of things on social media, awareness raising. I do a lot of YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. I'm talking about different things that are happening in tech and how that impacts kids and mm -hmm. families. The conference is basically that. I have like courses where I teach parents, okay, your kid's on Roblox, your kid is on Minecraft. How do you protect them on a Minecraft, Roblox, mm -hmm. Discord? What are things it. that happen to, because you talk about protecting, I guess, what are some, uh, what are some things that, that, that are threats or that possibly could happen with children on those platforms? The biggest thing is predators. Yeah. People talking to kids, grooming mm -hmm. kids, kids getting into situations that are just not good for them in yeah. the future, the wrong crowd, the wrong people, cyberbullying, um, comparing yourself to other people, wanting to change yourself mm -hmm. because you think you're not good enough, mm -hmm. doing things that are sabotage yourself and your relationship with yourself in the future. So that's the big things of yeah. course when we're talking about cybersecurity, we can talk about data privacy and data collection of children and the apps that they're using even if it's mm -hmm. monitoring apps i did a whole video that's my actually one of the most watched videos ever about how some parental monitoring apps are can be used against your kids what yeah things like that people things that people don't think about but are actually true so there's certain monitoring apps that are collecting on kids because you're monitoring the kids to keep them safe yeah but in order to collect that data you have to store the data somewhere in a server yeah. If a predator hacker hacks into the server, which mm -hmm. they have, they can leak pictures, videos, voicemails, um, location data of your children. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to protect your children by using these these tools, but these tools can be used against you and have been used against parents before. Yeah. And so how do we protect against that? And then of mm -hmm. course, age verification, are they supposed to be on these apps? I mean, do you want your 12 year old on a dating app? Really don't think so. Yeah. So those are all the, the things There's that so talk about. so much to it, wow. There's a lot to it, yes. And you know, I'm so grateful for what you do. I mean, one, I'm I'm hearing all these things. And my, my questions, even me asking like, okay, what are some of the things that could happen? Like is very sincere because in my mind, one, I'm not a gamer. I haven't played a lot of games in my life. I love video games. I've just always been a person where I'd be like, oh, one day I'm gonna play games and I just never got around to it. Uh and two, I don't I don't have any children. I'm rarely around children. I think most of the times I'm around children is whenever Eric invites me over to uh <laughs> invites me over to a party at his house and I see I see little people running around. Like, What's going on? These are I'm little like, humans. Whoa, I'm like, this is so weird. It's like little people. I don't even have kids. That's yeah. before so surprised I actually don't have kids. Oh man. That's a whole thing. I don't even know if I'm gonna have kids. That's yeah. a whole thing. That's but I say all that. But I love say, kids and families. That's why I love families. Like I love them. What's that? Uh, that I was going that uh, trick love the kids song popped in my head. <laughs> trick love the kids. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, people oftentimes are like they'll hit me up and say, "Oh, Cyrus, thank you for you know for what it is." And people are like, "Oh man, what you're doing is so needed." And and uh, you know, but 
it's like what I'm appreciative of are people like yourself, where it's like, man, you're doing something that I could never do it. And it's like just everything you about your life. It. Well, I mean, what you're doing specifically, like, you know, with the, the, the parents I mean, and it's not just about security protection. Uh, it's also about I me, mean, again, bringing like families together, you know, parents and their children. Again, going back to the holistic aspect that you've mentioned multiple times. So I love that. It's like you're not just doing a service that's going to protect people, which that in and of itself is great. But you're taking it a step beyond that, and it's like your what your work is bringing healing to families, which of course we know brings healings to communities and so on and so forth. So I'm a firm believer, and I sincerely believe this that like the work that you're doing and are going to do is going to be something that's going to the impact is going to be significantly greater than even like the dope event you're going to do is going to be something that lives years and years from now are going to be transformed their relationships with with the, the children are going to grow up in healthy households and it's like they'll look back and say hey the thing that helped healing in our family was we went to this conference and we were uh, watching this content and 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 that'll be yours and so yeah thank you just for the work that you do thank you it's I'm, I'm about to cry i care yeah. so much about what i do so much i'm like no I that, that's it. what I keeps me up it. at night like i i love this so much it's beautiful i love it so much and when you can find that that means the world so i hope that everyone watching this can find something that makes you so emotional because of the impact that it makes yeah. and because i'm like i can just if if i ever pass away soon to now whatever i'm i'm content i'm happy yeah. but i i don't want to because i feel like i have a purpose on this earth and that's the purpose